You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories unscripted by the seat of our pants to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, I lost track of how many episodes this is, so I can't tell you the episode number. But I do know. <laughs> I, I do believe know. 19. I believe 19. I, I believe 19. Yeah, that makes sense. Plus, we did like seven or eight. But I think overall, it's probably 27. But that's not the point. The only number that matters right now is the 31st of August, which is the day that this episode will come out, which is the last day of August. And to a lot of people, it's kind of like the symbolic last day of summer moving into the autumn months. And so I want to make sure that we get our big blockbuster summer movie out before the season is over. And what better way to do that than to return to the Artiverse? <laughs> <laughs> Been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for anyone who hasn't listened to our previous episodes about where we tackled Commando and Terminator um, and uh, what else did we do, Mike? We did Predator. Yeah, <laughs> what other Schwarzenegger properties did we do? We found a way to mix in uh, Predator with Dutch and then found a way to make it all make sense using the twin project. <laughs> so from twins. Oh, that's right, um, yeah, with, with Danny DeVito, yep. Yep, so we got that that all mashed together. But then, you know, there was there was a lot of questions on how we're going to bring in uh, some of the other Arnie films. And I think we're going to tackle some of the stranger ones today, or at least stranger in how they would fit into this overall Arnie-verse. Yeah, I definitely agree with the strange ones. And, you know, they're all sort of notorious in their own kind of way, too, or at least they stand out in the Arnold Schwarzenegger filmography in some way or another. Uh, yeah, so to continue our effort to tie every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie together into a what-if combined universe of movies that <laughs> never happened, you know, where we can have, uh, you know, Dutch and, and Matrix uh, and, and the Terminator and everyone else, uh, we'll get to Quaid eventually, you know, when yeah. they all get... <laughs> yes. Well, they all get together um, and, you know, they exist in the same universe for some reason, uh, again, tying back to that story from Twins with where he was uh, Vincent, then I, I think it's a good idea that we just get some of the weirder ones just out of the way early before we really get ourselves painting the newer corner and we can't figure out how to do Conan and mm -hmm. Last Action Hero. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's going to be weird because, uh, uh, yeah, this is probably the least prepared I've been um for one of our episodes but we can make this happen i i i have faith <laughs> yeah i i do too and we said it on multiple other previous episodes with that we were super unprepared and we were scared going into it this is another one of those like i'm nervous yep. going into it i have one kind of maybe idea like a tiny little hook of an idea uh just based on the fact that there were conan movies that didn't get made that at one point were being planned and i mm -hmm. thought well maybe there's something there since we kind of talk about like what if movies you know or fantasy football style movies that that never really happened uh, but yeah my, my notes for the movie are the names of the movies and that is it <laughs> yeah. i i have um i have a few just little 
comments about all three films uh, that I found hilarious. But uh, other than that, yeah, I have nothing. (laughs) Well, okay, I will admit, I'm sorry you got me. I did write down the years they came out. Oops. (laughs) Oops. <laughs> uh, okay, so quick little intro, and I want to get into the meat and potatoes, but I think talking about the three movies here a little bit is going to help kind of get the juices flowing, and we can kind of set up where we're going and what we want to do, especially for anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't seen these movies, which, again, I always wonder who those people might be. Like, well, who's our audience for Rays Rentals who might be interested in VHS-era uh, movies, you know, who hasn't seen some of these uh, tent poles, but you never know because two of these movies I've only ever seen once before decades ago. So, hey, right. it's probably worth a quick little review. Oh, absolutely. So we start with Conan the Barbarian, 1982. And then, of course, it has its follow up sequel, Conan the Destroyer in 1984. And Go to IMDb, go to IMDb, read the trivia, go to Wikipedia, whatever. Like I'm not here to kind of go into the backstory of you know why Schwarzenegger did these movies and was this his first movie or was Conan the Barbarian his first like big blockbuster movie? Like yes, no, and kind of in between. But that's not really what I want to get into in terms of details. I just kind of kind of want to talk about like what the movie is, what our impressions of it were. And you know, why is it kind of important, especially to Schwarzenegger, you know, as a cult of personality, <laughs> you right. know, uh, as an iconic figure? Um, and then we'll kind of talk about that more in, in Last Action Hero because they went real meta with it. So Conan the Barbarian, uh, that is one of the three movies uh, that went along with Last Action Hero that I only ever really saw once. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it over the years, but I only ever I just sat down and watched it beginning to end once and never watched it again. So for me personally, Conan the Destroyer, the second one, was my Conan movie. It's the story that I grew up with. It's the one that I had taped off of Showtime or HBO, one of them. I had it on a VHS cassette, uh, one of those like six-hour cassettes with like two other movies my dad would squeeze on there. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, that's the one that I would watch over and over and over again, and I loved it. I thought it was a great movie, and it wasn't in, until later on in life – I must have been a teenager – when I finally watched the first one, which I knew existed – but I just never really had any desire to go and find it. And uh, I'm not sure why exactly. I'm not usually a big fan of the sword and sorcery subgenre of like fantasy as a whole, even though I am a big fantasy fan. Um, but when I did finally you know, decide I needed to to fix that hole in, in my history and like watch Conan the Barbarian, I was bored stiff the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's... Okay, one of my biggest beefs with actually both Conan, uh, the Barbarian, and the Destroyer, uh, less so in the Destroyer, but still it's in both films, is the amount of time we see them just running around, traveling, moving from place to place. Like, I get it. You're trying to let us know that this is a big world. But you know what? Star Wars does that, too, without a bunch of inconsequential scenes of them just like, Hey, we're running through the Hills. Like we don't see the millennium Falcon just like, Hey, we're flying <laughs> by planets. Like there's, it's not like that. Like they build the world with the scenes necessary to tell the story with, with Conan. It's just like, I forget his little thief sidekick in the first movie, but like, they're just like, Hey, we need to go to the market. They go to the market. He punches a camel. Then they run to another <laughs> place. And it's like, Oh, look, they're running across the fields while music plays. It's like, what is this? Why are we doing this? It was very boring. Yeah, I agree completely. And long as fuck too. Like over yeah. two, two hours long. I think it was like two hours and I think 10 minutes. 
uh, God, I know, which I, I knew because I was trying to force myself to watch it again uh, just a couple days ago. And I was like watching the clock the whole time, like just get to the halfway point. Like I, like before I, wanted, before I wanted to take a break, I was like, just get to the halfway point, get to the halfway point, And then I can take a break. I'll reward myself. I'll have a beer. I'll take a, you know, I'll chill out <laughs> and then I'll get back to it later. Because I was like, if I stop before then, like I'm never gonna finish this movie because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I find it very boring. And, and I agree. For me, it's just it's so meandering and pointless that yeah. you you know from pretty much the beginning exactly like okay, who here's the bad guy? Conan's gonna kill him, and then it's just two hours of him kind of wandering all over the map, you know, for really no reason and. The, the logical leaps don't make a lot of sense. His motivation is almost non-existent. But what it reminds me of is it reminds me of like a Prince Valiant like or some other one of these sort of serious uh comic strips they would have like in the newspaper where they'd have to have a little three or four panel strip every you know day of the week and then a big color piece on a Sunday and they were meant to run forever so the characters mm. just wandered all over the place and it was like a monster of the week or even monster of the day kind of storyline and they never wanted it to end so you know there was no direct plot it was you know like I said it was just they just kind of roamed and that's exactly what Conan the Barbarian felt like to me except it did have an ending and it's only a two hour movie so like why didn't you just get to the fucking point already right Ugh, it's well, me nuts. and that's the thing I mean let, let's let's uh you know talk about the villain here like James Earl Jones is uh I, f- I forget the name of his villain already oh my god I'm is it uh, Tulsa Doom? Is that it? Tulsa Doom? Doom? Yeah, Tulsa Doom. Yeah. Um, but I, I just kept calling him Snake Earl Jones in my yeah. uh, in my my credits here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, quick side note. I had to watch the Sandlot directly after this just to like cleanse myself <laughs> and like watch a good James Earl Jones movie. But sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like Snake Earl Jones is actually pretty fucking creepy. Like him, him and his his weird <laughs> snake cult. It's yeah, like, okay, it is. they're pretty creepy. Like, they're murdering people. He's, like, got people worshipping him so much that he could just be like, hey, kill yourself, and they will. Like, there's so much fertile ground for a fun villain there, and it's barely used. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. And, and Conan literally walks up to him at the end and just stares him in the eyes and cuts his head off. And it was like, how come no one – he has, like, thousands of people around him. How come he didn't just tell everyone else to, like, swarm Conan and kill him or rip him to pieces or whatever? He just, like – he just stared him down and died. He was like, I'm your daddy now. Like, total <laughs> Vader moment. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, uh, I did – there there are some moments, though. Like, the fact that Conan punches a camel, which he does again in the sequel to the same fucking camel – it was Which, even better in the sequel, though. <laughs> oh, it was? Because like, the dude was like, hey, does he look familiar? It's like, oh, yeah. Hey. He's like, hey, sorry about that. I was having a bad day. Campbell spits on him. He punches it again. Yeah, he just fucking wails on him. I loved it. <laughs> well, like, there's also the scene where Conan is crucified, and he fucking bites a bird to death. He I does. was laughing my ass off. Like, okay, so he just punches camels. He punches a horse. Uh, he bites a bird's neck. Conan's a badass. He just fucks up animals left and right. Oh yeah, he he totally does. Yeah, it, even the scene where you don't even see it on camera, but like these like wild dogs are chasing him, and he decides he's like fuck running. I'm gonna fight these bitches. And then the <laughs> next, the very next scene, he's just he's clothed head to foot in dog pelts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so there, there's really cool things in the movie, and I think it got popular, and it made Schwarzenegger popular for 
for valid reasons, but it's just not a fun movie to watch. You know, it's like a bunch of interesting scenes that are fun to watch, like Conan in like the the the, the gladiator, gladiator pits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's so many cool scenes in the movie, but when you string them all together, it's just like, oh my god, enough already. Right. Yeah. The, there's a few scenes though, like okay, <laughs> the weird devil lady that he fucks like first of all conan fucks a lot of people in this movie yeah, yeah. He, conan fucks for sure <laughs> like he spends a lot of the runtime banging people but like the the scene with the weird demon wolf lady i don't even know what the fuck she was supposed to be like because he, thro- he throws her in the fire and you see her like you see the actress clearly standing behind the fire yeah and then like the cartoon fireball is like man and it runs out of the fire <laughs> Oh my God, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. But there's so many scenes like that where it's just like, what the fuck is that? Like, you're just a lot of like yelling at the screen going, what is happening? Yes, or, like, exactly. The giant Muppety snake that like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but when it raised its head, it was like, nom, 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 nom. like it had this <laughs> weird like puppet mouth and I couldn't stop laughing at that. Yep. Just, Jesus. I mean, there are some great moments, though, like the battle at the end where they, they steal mm-hmm. back the uh, the princess or whatever, and they have her chained up to bring out Thulsa Doom and his men. Yeah. That was the that, best battle in the movie. That battle is fucking awesome. Like it is mm-hmm. it is badass where you got the, the the traps and all the fucking dudes getting slaughtered left and right. But I will say this. I'm fairly confident when I say I'm pretty sure horses were hurt in this movie. <laughs> oh, yes. 100%. Like, there is some shit that happens to these horses. I'm like, no, that this was 1981. There was no special effects there. That was not CG. That horse just took a fall right into that stone. Like, you Fuck fucked yeah. that horse up. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. There was like horse tripwires and shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one time he fucking kneecaps a horse and it goes yeah. down. Yeah, and I'm dude. like, dude, I don't. I think Artie actually broke that horse's legs. Right. Definitely. Oh it's man. For, up. Yeah. I, the, the, the battle at the end again when they invade the the temple or whatever, like that definitely was definitely one of the better scenes in the movie. Uh, I think the worst, like maybe not even scene, but the worst part of the movie is when, uh, like the king who oh my god, Max von Sydow was the king was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like one. Of, it's like a, it's a cool scene in a long string of like what the hell. Um, but yeah, anyway, so he basically is like, Hey, go find my daughter. And Conan sneaks off by himself for some reason and leaves, uh, Valeria. And I think it was Subute, the guy's name. Anyway, he leaves those, he leaves his like partners behind. He goes off and he like meets the wizard who comes back in the next movie. And then he's like, Oh, flowers. I'm gonna give them to my lady. And then he just wanders off into some village and he's just like strolling around, like, you know, kicking rocks and hanging out and chilling. I'm like, who's the lady why the flowers where the fuck are you going like did you really just ride all day and night to find some flowers for valeria and then just decide to like you know go for like a drunken stroll through down for some like it just makes it's it's 20 minutes of nonsense you know (laughs) Can, can we also comment on the wizard in both films he's hilarious he's way more funny in the destroyer but like the weird like just moving his hands around going like the guttural grunting sounds of all of his spells, man. When they have the wizard battle in part two, mm. I was I, I had to pause it. I couldn't stop laughing because freaking wizard or uh, well, the guy, the actor is Mako. Um, I think they just yeah. call him the wizard. I don't think they actually give him a name, do they? 
And the first movie, no, that, that's another thing. When the first movies, they there's first of all, there's hardly any talking at all, and yeah. when there is, like they hardly ever name any of the characters. So yeah, it's just like the leader, the wizard, or whatever. And even when they, like, I don't even know if they, if they said Valeria in the first movie. Like they say her name more times in the sequel where she's fucking dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, it's it's a hero. Okay, they said it in the okay. destroyer, but yeah. And I'm looking at the credits here, and the first one he was just called the wizard. So yeah, he was just yeah. the wizard. But so when Akiro and the like bad guy wizard are having their little duel in like the chamber of the horn and the destroyer where like the bad guy wizard is fucking clanking his bracelets together and doing spirit fingers. And every time he did that, friggin' Akira was going, and then I would crack up. I'm like, what is <laughs> happening here? Right. It reminds me of that, like Mongolian throat music. Have you ever heard that yes, stuff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. Oh man. But yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. The first movie is just it's meandering, it's pointless. It really just feels like they were like they had an idea for a movie of like, you know, Conan is a slave, is a child, he wants to grow up and get revenge on this, you know, guy who killed his family. And then they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do for two hours? I don't know. You know, they were just like making (laughs) shit up, you know, like, (laughs) let's have him go pick flowers. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think it's probably pretty safe to say that I don't think I'll ever be watching Conan the Barbarian ever again unless it's some kind of homework. Um, But moving on to The Destroyer. Damn, I loved this movie. And I just watched it again recently and I had a fucking blast. I remember loving it as a kid. It was one of those like comfort movies that I would just pop on in the background whenever, you know, I was doing something or just needed to kill some time. And I haven't seen it in a super long time, but God, it was like, it just took me back to my childhood immediately. I don't, I do honestly think it's not just nostalgia that makes me love the movie so much because Watching it with you know more critically this time, trying to commit as much of it to memory as I could so we could talk about it. I'm like, man, this movie just fucking rocks. Like, and I, what I mean is like, it's just, it's like on a metronome click. It's like the first scene is boom, action fight. Like, get to the plot. Here's the bad guy gonna tell Conan what she wants him to do. Oh no, she's really secretly evil. And like, oh, they're gonna rescue the princess and fight a monster and fight a wizard. And then like, I'm like, dude, we're like half an hour into the movie and like so much shit has happened. Like this thing right. is just like on a tear, you know. I and and that it was it did the exact opposite that the first movie did. It yeah. said the characters' names out loud. There was dialogue to explain what was going on. The cast was like t- small and tight the plot while simple made sense they got to the fucking point the battles were amazing right down to like the film stock was better so it just looked nicer you know the music oh my god the music was so good oh yeah it was i mean it's a it's a dumb story with like cheesy monsters but man it just like it it just goes to town i loved it oh yeah no the, the the destroyer has a lot of scenes that are very like very much burned into my memory the mirror room in particular that used to scare the shit out of me as a kid and it's one of those moments that just like it's it's just permanently (laughs) embedded in my mind um i i love that fight the whole uh the the weird cartoon dragon that the wizard turns (laughs) into to like steal the um oh my god i just just had her on here uh uh, jenna princess jenna jenna Um, that's her name so he where he steals it. And that's, you know, let me just back up for a second. That's something we don't see in a lot of modern movies that I miss all because of CGI is where they used to just put animation in a live action movie as like magic. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the first movie had the weird demon spirits that were like trying to take Conan 
and like you know so they're like valeria and and uh the other guy, I forget his name, but the thief, they're <laughs> fighting off the weird spirits while the wizard was like praying on the hill. Um, and then this one had like the, the weird, you know, cartoon dragon. I miss mm. that. I love, I know it looks bad, but I, it, there's an aesthetic to it that I really like. Um, yeah, I agree. And that those demons in the first movie, while pointless to the story, looked fucking cool. They really did, you know? But, like, I also have to point out, though, the, the Destroyer, I know it just came out around the same time frame, so I'm not going to accuse it of stealing. But, man, some of the visuals of that castle uh, were very much Crawl. <laughs> like, oh, there, yeah. No. There was some shit that I'm like, mm, I know Crawl came out a year before. You guys are probably, hell, like, deep into making this movie, so I can't quite say that you, you copied, but, damn, it was similar. Uh, no, I, they probably did just rip it right the fuck off because, yeah, some, you know, if you read the trivia about this movie, there's a lot of like we just want this to be as to have as much mass appeal and like broad appeal as possible. Like they want Schwarzenegger to be unclothed. They want to like cut down in the number of people who die, cut out the sex, you know, mm-hmm. uh, basically try to make it, you know, appeal to kids and parents and fans and everybody. So, yeah, it, this was just about like butts and seats making a dollar. And if, if there was a successful movie that made like a, a special effects, you know, miniature castle look cool, just steal it. Right. <laughs> like, yep. that, yeah, I know that that's probably what they were thinking. Oh, yeah. And you can tell, like, I mean, the tone of the film is much more light. It's a lot, lot more comedic in moments. Like, there's a lot of jokes right from the very first scene, like where we see uh, Mako and uh, or not Mako. Um, oh, my God. Malik, the uh, the, mm, the, other, yeah. the new thief, the new thief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we see Malik and Conan like in that like little valley where Conan is praying and Malik is counting his his wares like that he stole. And all the the people come to capture them. Like there's jokes right off the bat. Like Malik is cracking jokes, and he's like doing physical comedy. Um, so right right from the opening of the film, we know this is not going to be nearly as hardcore as the first movie. But there, there's a lot of stuff that does appeal to kids in this film. Like I said, the mirror room, the weird mm-hmm. dragon, the castle, the wizard. You have Dagith, who looks like a fucking Godzilla monster. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's so many things that I remember as a child being like, I want toys of this. Like, <laughs> make Conan action figures. I wanted them so bad. Oh, heck but, yeah. Yeah, I loved, I actually, absolutely loved the monster designs. The, both the the mirror monster and then, yeah, the the, the Dagon or Dagoth uh, god monster at the end. And they were. They were genuinely creepy to you know, me as a kid. They looked really fucking cool. And even now as an adult watching them going, I really like this because you can know that it's a fake monster but I love the fact that it's right there in the same room, you know, because it's practical. It looks three dimensional. It looks like wet and like you could really see the blood splatter and yep. it just sells that like, you know, you're watching a cheesy movie. There was already like a magic you know, palace in the middle of the lake or whatever the fuck. Like there's already right. been magic and like, you know what kind of movie you're watching. So when you see that monster show up, you're not looking for the zipper in the suit. You're you're really just buying it. And man, it works. Yeah. I, I do have a couple of things uh, about this movie that always stuck with me is this movie and vamp are the reasons that Grace Jones terrified me as a child. <laughs> yes, um, she is scary. See, it's like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen vamp dude, but Oh no. shit. I saw that way too young and she is fucking terrifying in that movie. She, she's the main villain. Uh, she's, you know, creepy ass vampire. Um, but yeah, that and this, and <laughs> It was mainly because her eyes would get real big and she'd be like, ah, when she would like killing people. <laughs> I was like, yep. no, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> yep. But I do love the line where she she's talking with uh, Jenna about getting a man. And 
She's like, if I want the man, I just take him. <laughs> I fucking lose it every time. Because Jenna's like all awkwardly trying to learn about sex. And like, yeah. <laughs> she plays to talk to Malik. And he's like, you know, a man and woman, they must join. He's got a, you know, with his, and she's got a, you know, with her. Yeah. They join. <laughs> like, I think the most awkward conversations. And then she goes to, to Zula and she's like, just take him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. So many moments. And, and yeah, the cast is, is so bizarre yet so, so perfect. You know, it, you mm. get Grace Jones and Wilt Chamberlain is so right? random but perfect because he really is like bigger than Conan, which I think is a. It worked. I think what they yeah. did in this movie, too, is that they they really made it seem like Conan, who's like the Superman figure, you know, who doesn't seem to have a lot of weaknesses. But he was a character that you felt for in terms of like there was tension and there was consequences. You know, there was real danger. Um, it, it, and I never knew until today. I guess I'm late to the fucking party that uh, the Degoth uh, God monster at the end. there was, That was fucking Andre the Giant inside that suit. I'm like, oh, how shit. How the fuck did I not know that? I cannot I didn't know that believe. either. And I never knew because he uh, he's credited by his real name, and that and now he's he's Andre Rene Rusimov. He's not credited as Andre the Giant. And I and oh, I did yeah. I never and I was looking at the IMDb today, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and I know that I've seen a picture going around online. Uh, it's one of those. It's always like one of those like you know. Uh, top 10 pictures to make you like doubt reality or whatever. And it would be like a picture of Schwarzenegger with like Wilt Chamberlain and Andre the giant. And you see how much huger they are than him, yeah. you know? And I'm like, Oh, they must've taken that, that picture on the set of this movie. That's so crazy. I can't believe that like Andre the giant's one of my favorite people ever. I can't believe he was in this movie. I love it. Right. I didn't know that. I, I, I'm learning it live on the show. <laughs> That's so freaking cool. awesome. But no, like it, Wilt Chamberlain, I, I got a note in here that just says, watch out for Wilt. He's a biter. Fights. <laughs> Fights <laughs> already. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I, I hate I hate this scene, but it's this is one of the things that's permanently burned into my head is when Jenna is trapped in the castle. And she says in almost a sing song way, she's, she goes, Babata, Babata, <laughs> where are you? I need you, Babata. <laughs> it's burned it's into so my silly. brain <laughs> it's so silly oh my gosh so dumb. oh man and I, and I never knew until today either looking at imdb trivia that the actress who played jenna was fucking 14 and she like plants one on schwarzenegger at the end of the movie and i'm like yeah gross yep. gross the 80s i do were like the fact time. that she's like asking him to to rule but he's like nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, i was like oh you got shot down burn Burn, right? I know it too. And like every one of uh, every one of the his like you know the friends like yeah. uh, Zula and uh, and Malik and the rest of them when Jenna like gives them like jobs working for her they all look at Conan like is this okay with you and he's like I approve you know yep. it's like, I love the fact that uh, he's like yeah I'm still in charge over here and yep. he's like I'm I'll have my own kingdom and my own queen I don't need I don't need this bullshit <laughs> and it was totally a Star Wars ending. Like it totally was like they, they're all standing before, you know, the, the princess now made queen mm -hmm. and they're all getting their little awards. Like it was totally a new hope ending. Oh yeah. Like I'm telling you, man, they were, they were just stealing stuff from movies that worked and like, why, and why not? You know, like yeah. it, it worked in this movie too. And uh, yeah, this way. And oh, that's what I wanted to say about this because I never saw Conan the Barbarian when I was a kid. I only ever saw Destroyer. 
But I never had a problem understanding what was going on. There were references like the camel where I realized that that must be referencing another movie, which I knew it existed, you know, um, and it's the same thing with Valeria. And I realized that that must be referencing a different movie, but it never bothered me. Like I never had any trouble understanding what was happening. And right. there's a really, really great scene at the, near the beginning when um, Conan meets the uh, the evil queen, whatever her name is. And she basically says, like, I know who you are. You're like, you're Conan. You're a Sumerian. You're barbarian. You like, you know, you're a thief. You wander the world and do what you want or whatever. And like, that's all I need to know. Like, thanks, yep. lady. Like, you just introduced the whole character. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need any more backstory. I don't need to know about him being a slave and, you know, the snake cult and Dulce Doom. I don't need to know any of that shit you know like i can tell this this dude fucks and that's all i need to know (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i can tell this dude fucks yeah i mean he definitely did that first movie (laughs) but i didn't need to see it i knew you can tell you can tell oh man all right, so I guess now we're going to throw it over to Last Action Hero. The uh, Was it 93? Am I getting my years mixed up? No, 93, okay. Yeah, the 93 uh, crazy meta action movie that, I'll be honest, when I saw it as a kid, I didn't really like it. I didn't get it. Um, I was 13 when I first saw it. I was expecting, you know, a big Arnie action film And I was kind of confused by why it was so silly. Saw it again when I was about 18 and fucking loved it. Like I fell in love with how silly this movie is. And I still to this day love it. I watched it uh, two days ago with Caleb. Um, He really liked it. And I just I got a huge kick out of how stupid it is. Like it's just (laughs) it's a silly fucking movie. I love it. Yeah, I, I was in a similar boat to the point where I saw it when it first came out, and I just I thought it was so fucking stupid to the point where I'm like I I must have finished watching it, but because I, I would have seen it in the theater, but I don't even remember most of the movie. Like, I watched it like with fresh eyes just recently. <laughs> I actually just finished it earlier today. I had to kind of watch it in chunks because uh, it's also kind of long. But yeah, I. I for me, and maybe I'm just remembering this wrong, but there seemed to be this whole like spate of movies, um, like getting even with dad. Was that that that, that Macaulay Culkin movie where he had like a mullet? But <laughs> anyway, there was this whole like uh, spate of movies in the early '90s where it was like the characters had these ugly haircuts, like the stupid Dutch boy cut that the that the kid wears in this movie, or again like Macaulay Culkin with like the mullet, and it seemed like Hollywood was not keeping up with like where the, where the culture was, you know, they were making action movies at a time when no one was watching action movies anymore, you know? And I think that that was the problem with last action hero. When I saw it at 13 is I was already like too cool for it, man. Like I'm, I'm a teenager now. This is like kid shit. You know, this is, this is eighties, you know, this is (laughs) eighties with the stupid haircut. And then no one cares about like Schwarzenegger anymore. You know, even though T2 had like just come out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But yeah, I, I think I think I just had like a chip on my shoulder about the movie for some reason, uh, you know, just biased. So, yeah, I didn't watch it for you know almost 30 years. And then I watched it again recently and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like what have I been doing for the last three decades? This movie rocks like this. Right? This movie is so smart. It's so fun. 
again, it just moves at a clip, even though it's super long. It would make an amazing TV series because you could do so many things with it. Like, yeah, the opportunities are just endless for ex- exploring, you know, the weird uh, crossover between the real world and the the fictional world, like the you know, the movie within the movie. That man, I was just blown away. Like, I really was. I was expecting it to be like a cool idea, but like, oh corny dialogue and i was going to groan at the bad jokes but like no like it's so smart like the bad jokes are there because they're supposed to be bad and the plot makes a lot of sense and they it's it's a really cool like satire on like movies at the time and the culture at the time uh, i was just really really shocked that like my dumbass 13 year old self like didn't understand how magical this movie is yeah no I, it's it's uh I mean, it's a really friggin' fun film. And again, I feel like it was ahead of its time. I feel like it was one of those films that, like, yeah, some people obviously understood at the time and got it, but it didn't do really well. Like, I remember the toy line kind of, you know, shit the bed. <laughs> like, a lot of people thought the toys sucked. Um, I remember it was, like, advertised like crazy, very much like Independence Day, like, just advertised on everything from, like, fucking comic books to, like, Burger King and McDonald's commercials or what some fast food company. I can't remember which, but they had like a tie in. There was just there was so much media blitz about this movie. And then it was kind of like, wah, wah, like it just didn't do that good at the time. But watching it now, like it's how many times have we seen meta movies since this? You know what I'm saying? Like it fits it mm-hmm. fits in that 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 milieu. Um but I will say this about this movie. It has one of my favorite action movie villains. I fucking love Benedict. I think he is a really oh, yeah. underrated villain. It's like, I don't care that his weird glass eye bombs don't make any fucking sense. They're yeah, cool as hell. They're cool. And he's such a cool villain. Like, I love that when he gets into the real world and he shoots a guy, he's like, I just killed someone on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I man, both the villains actually are really good because Ripper is a really good, straightforward, no nonsense, you know, maniac that Tom Noonan just fucking nails. Holy shit! I fucking love Bennett. Was that his name, right? Bennett. Uh, Bennett uh, Benedict. Benedict. That's what it was. Yeah, it's silly too because I kept thinking, wait, no, Bennett's from like Commando. I kept getting it right. like, mixed up. I kept getting it mixed up. But no, I even love the fact that even he has you know a really cool like straightforward like villain name. Yeah, I love the the glass eye uh, gimmick, even though yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. But who cares? Right. He's, he he's suave. He has he has a really cool look for the time. He it's almost like you know blade tattoos before blade, you know. Yep. And uh, yeah, I I I just loved him. He was he was also very smart and to the point. And yeah, I mean he went through a little like villain monologue at the end because of course he's a fictional movie character, but he actually does a really good job of not being a cliche most of the time. And yeah. I just really thought he was well done. Uh, you know, really really great performance as well. Um, but yeah, even uh, even. Um, Tom Noonan as Ripper was a great villain too, oh, like, fuck, great, yeah. like backup villain. Man, uh, he just he really really nailed that part. And he that's a very like one note kind of character, but Tom Noonan really really did something cool with it. So man, I loved the villains, and I had as a kid I wouldn't have known who he was. So I was really blown away by the Ian McKellen cameo as Death. I was right. like, fuck yeah, this is like the coolest character ever. Like I I'm I'm really really super impressed with this movie i we could do a whole podcast where we go through this you know scene by scene and oh, just, absolutely just you know rave about all the cool little references and the little cameos and man it just it was awesome yeah no i i 
I've always been freaked out by Tom Noonan. I'll, I'll be honest. Every time I see him as a villain, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking Kane in RoboCop 2, I'm like, no, yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> like where he, uh, I forget what he, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the cop that was on his payroll mm-hmm. that he uh, then, you know, who screwed him over or whatever. And they, they, they do like open Practice. heart surgery. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. For, for, you mean you mean in, in uh, RoboCop 2. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They, where they do fucking open heart surgery on him and like like just fucking cutting him open alive and he's oh, like oh. you said he was you were just gonna scare him and he's like doesn't he look scared and i'm like ah oh, fuck like oh jesus I tom know. Oh. is a scary person to play a villain 100 <laughs> percent. yeah he kane fucked me up as a kid for sure he was oh god and it's just so like emotionless you know and apathetic yep. toward everything like, like ah, whatever and um yeah, and of course I'm now looking at at IMDb, and I I didn't look up a lot of the trivia and stuff earlier about Last Action Hero, um, because I, I I tend to get bored in the middle of a movie and start like looking up, hey wait, who's that actor? Who's that voice? And and then like right. spoiling shit for myself because I'm in the middle. Um, but so I didn't do that just because I was I was really really engrossed in the movie, and I'm just now realizing that fucking Benedict is Charles Dance, who is Tywin yeah. Lannister in Game of Thrones, and I'm like, oh god, I fucking love that dude, you know? Yep. I, I didn't recognize him because <laughs> he was like so much younger. I'm used to seeing him in like older roles, you know? Yeah. Now this movie had a ton of of actors. Like, I mean, there was obviously there's a bunch of people that made cameos, uh, you know, specifically in the movie verse, and then again in the uh, the the act, uh, Jack Slater for premiere uh, where we had like friggin um, James Belushi and Chevy Chase and all them guys. But we also had like freaking uh, um, oh, the T-1000 uh, Patrick or Robert Pat. Wait, Robert, Robert Patrick. Patrick. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We had the T-1000 and freaking Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct, like walking out of the police uh, station in the movie, <laughs> like so all sorts weird. of crazy shit like that. Um, but also just cause I said to the police station, what the fuck were the female cops wearing? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's another thing that I thought was cool too, because yeah, uh, Danny has this whole sequence where he's explaining to Jack Slater, you know, Schwarzenegger's like cop right. character about how unrealistic everything is like the whole world, like, like these ladies dressed like supermodels and these weird, like futuristic outfits and like everything is so perfect. But I also really liked the fact that they had all these like different types of movie characters. It wasn't just that Jack Slater lived in the universe of the Jack Slater movies, but he lived in like a movie verse because yeah. they had like cartoon, you know, characters and like, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 was the restored version of like Humphrey Bogart in like black yes. and white, you know? And it was like, I love that. But yeah, no, all the female cops, they seem to all be, you know, dressed like they were in some kind of weird, like futuristic sci-fi action flick. It felt more at home in like Demolition Man than it did in this. You know, it's like that's so weird. Totally, yeah. Oh, but, like I said, so I yeah, I don't want to go on and on about the Last Action Hero because we could probably talk for two hours and not exhaust all the really cool little references and uh, and the neat little things we could like go into because, damn, that's an un- this is an underappreciated gem. I'm like I, mad at myself that I haven't seen it ten times in the last three decades. I do have to say one last thing to to give it some credit. It has Al Leong in it. It has the <laughs> 80s henchman in yes. the movie. So yes. it, get, it gets yeah. big credit for that for me. <laughs> Gotta Definitely, have Al Leong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, much respect. Much respect, right? Exactly. But yeah, fucking F. Murray Abraham and you know, like Tom Noonan, like I said, Charles Dance. Like the villains are, are also good. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so Good stuff. Uh, now, 
what do we do to tie in these two sort of strange entries in Schwarzenegger's filmography into what we already talked about in terms of, you know, we talked about, um, you know, Matrix, John Matrix from Commando kind of going off and, you know, trying to live in hiding with his family. And then the Terminator is like, you know, coming for um, what's her name? What's her name? What's Sarah Connor, Sarah you know, who who is like and they kind of have the crossover. And then we, 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 t- we tied that in with like, oh, yeah, Dutch from Predator. And there's this whole government uh program or something where they're like trying to breed like the perfect human that that's what where uh the twins gets tied into it and i think we had talked about how like the terminator was based on this like perfect human that they built you know like if you were going to make a robot out of a human like wouldn't you base it on like the perfect specimen right um so now we have to find a way to make these two characters fit. So on one hand, you have a completely fictional sword and sorcery kind of medieval uh, fantasy character that has no connection whatsoever to the real world. And then you have uh, another totally you know, fictional character who has a little bit of a connection to the real world. But it's like, again, it's sort of comedic. And my fear is like, I think it's easy to tie in checks later. But what I'm worried about is we open up a can of worms because just saying, hey, anything fictional is on the table is like way too many op- options. <laughs> you know, right, right. like where, where do we stop? Well, I, I think I think the linchpin is honestly going to be Benedict. I, I, I this is this is the concept that I have. So Benedict was a smart villain. He 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 was already showing us his plan. He was going to pull movie villains from all over the, the, the movie verse to, like, do whatever he wanted to do in the real world. Like that was mm-hmm. his whole plan. He was also very full of himself. So don't you think that one of the first things he would do is go and try to, like, pull another version of himself from the film? So he's in the real world, pull out another Benedict. So in case he fails, he Mm -hmm. still didn't fail. Okay, yeah, I I think that could work. Or even to the fact that we saw Jack Slater the fictional character and Danny, the real world person in the fictional world, they both survived an explosion and it came out of it with like Looney Tunes soot on them, you know? Right. <laughs> and right. And, and then we see how Benedict gets killed or, you know, supposedly taken down at the end of the movie is that, yeah, he basically gets blown up on like a rooftop. Now he was in the real world, right? Wasn't he? Yeah. He was in the real world. So maybe the fictional logic doesn't apply but at the same time, like when Danny went back into Jack Slater's world, it was like suddenly everything was fine because like, oh, is it during are in this fictional reality to the point where like you could almost be it could almost be as simple as somebody watches the movie Jack Slater four again. And oh, now Benedict is back because all it took was one more person watching the movie for him to be back, you know? Well, and yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you could do you could do that. But like, how would he get out into the real world again? Yeah. OK, so, yeah, no. OK, yeah. So this is perfect. So. All Benedict has to do is pull himself out of the movie that they were at the premiere for. I mean, they were watching the movie premiere, right? Is, is that what you were getting at? Like, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he could. Yeah, exactly. He could. He could then potentially pull like you know an unlimited like number of clones of himself out of the movie if he wanted to. Right. So so basically, Benedict could survive anything is kind of the yeah. the idea. Unless, like, you, well, I mean, if you track down all the ones that are in the real world and kill them all mm-hmm. and he has no more mm-hmm. golden ticket, well, you know, he's kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. But my thought was, okay, so he can't 
he, you know, he basically, he goes, he goes into, maybe goes back into the Jack Slater movie, you know, he pulls, you know, pulls himself out before he goes up against Jack Slater in the real world. So now there's a Benedict roaming around the real world, like kind of like lying in wait to see if their plan came to fruition before they start pulling villains from other movies. So Benedict one <laughs> gets, you know, he gets killed where Arnie shoots him in the eye, head blows up big, you know, big glass eye explosion. So now Benedict, you know, the backup is kind of watching all this. He sees Danny pull Slater back into the movie. He realizes, OK, my, you know, my villain, like my my nemesis is is tucked away safely back in the movie. Danny still has the golden ticket. I got to get it from the kid. Mm-hmm. So we basically open the movie with, you know, Benedict being like maybe having like be kind of like like, you know, some kind of disheveled homeless man or whatever in the streets of New York City as Danny's walking to school. And then he just freaking grabs him and like yanks him down the alleyway and gets a ticket from him. So now he gets the ticket away. And instead of trying to kill real life Arnie using villains, he's like, you know what? I'm going to use other Arnie's. So he goes into the Conan movies, pulls Conan out and explains to him that the reason you're here is a great wizard, you know, <laughs> named Arnold Schwarzenegger, because it sounds like a crazy wizard name. <laughs> right, right. A great wizard has has pulled you here, and, you know, he's the reason for your suffering. He's orchestrated your life from day one. So now Conan's going to be on a killing bent to try to kill real Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> okay, but all right. We got to get Jack Slater to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So are you... It sounds to me like you're talking about, like, let's do a sequel to Last Action Hero, right? So we take the same, we do Last Action Hero, you know, two, basically. And yeah. it's also sort of a, sort of a, you know, crossover, I mean, not a sort of, a, it is a crossover with Conan. So uh, we'll have to kind of figure out, like, how we how we work the, the billing into it. But yeah, okay, so that makes sense. So is Danny just out of the picture now? Or is it like he, he take, takes the ticket from Danny and now Danny's got to, like, go and get Jack Slater somehow? Um that's kind of what I was thinking is, is that Danny is going to try to get the ticket back to get Jack Slater out of the movie. And then once we get that, we're going to have, you know, eventually Jack and Conan team up. Um, but maybe Benedict has done some damage in the meantime, like he's pulled some other stuff out of films because mm-hmm. I, I, I have one little joke that I want to throw in there eventually. Um, <laughs> but, but like so, yeah, like picture the amount of damage that Benedict could do. Now that he's got a he's got a mission and he sees like, okay, Slater was the one person who fucked me up. And if I kill Arnold Schwarzenegger, there's no more Slater. So Mm -hmm. I can win. Like, so he's he's going to and imagine how disarming it would be. And we already saw in in Last Action Hero when Schwarzenegger sees Slater. He's like, oh, my God, you're the best body double ever, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's Mm -hmm. going on. So how disarming would it be to be faced off with yourself? Be like, especially in Hollywood, you would think, wow, look at how great this stunt double is. And then he fucking runs him through with a barbarian sword. You know, (laughs) so it's kind of like the perfect villain to like, you know, have to fight yourself. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Okay, so. Okay, I want to throw a wrench into this a little bit, right? I, I like Go where you're it. going, but let me just throw a couple things out there and let's see if we can kind of mesh this together. So we were just praising Benedict a few minutes ago about how how much of a great villain he is, and he really is. And I like the fact that he's not fucking stupid. You know, he's clever. He He's, you know, yeah, he's got some cliches, but 
he his whole character was making fun of how how stupid the other criminals were because he was so much better and smarter than them and he eventually was just like oh fuck i'll just do it myself because you know he was like you know these morons that are running the place like they can't you know they can't stop st- tripping on their own feet and they mm-hmm. can't get get out of jack slater's way so i almost think like why why would benedict benedict even give a shit about jack slater so what i'm saying is if benedict won is he his plan is let me stop slater forever and then i can like you know rule the world or whatever with this like golden ticket and then they blow him up if jack if benedict two is there then why would benedict two just make the same mistake he wouldn't just repeat himself i don't think he would i think he's too smart for that i think instead he would i think instead he would be like okay well I'm going to see where this plays out, right? So he, he he's like following, you know, in the shadows in secret. He sees he sees the end of the movie, right? Exactly. Just like we did. He sees death. You know, he sees, you know, Danny. He, he sees him find the other ticket. They send Jack Slater back to the movie world. And now you'd have fictional Jack or Benedict too in the real world realizing they don't know that I'm here. Jack Slater is back. Jack Slater is back in the in the movie verse, right? Danny's got Danny's got the ticket. He thinks I'm dead, right? Okay. And so now it Ben I think Benedict would be like, well fuck him. You know, I'm just going to he's proven that he could basically do whatever he wants in the real world. He can shoot a guy in the, in the sidewalk and like, you know, <laughs> and then the crime riddled New York City of the 90s like no one's going to come and stop him. So I almost think where he's like, I'm just going to set myself up as like a crime boss in the real world and I'll just do what I was doing over there over here, but now it's actually going to work cuz I won't have some big action star trying to stop me all the fucking time. You know, the bad guy gets to win. Hoorah. So Right. I, I, I see him doing that. Like he basically, you know, he gets his he, he sets himself not like over a long period of time, but he 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 very, very quickly like takes over some local gang or local, you know, uh, a crime syndicate or something like that. And his first order of business is secure a little bit of power for himself, a little power base, get some thugs, get some some henchmen. And then he's going to go and get that ticket from Danny. And he knows he because he's smart. He's got to set up a power base for himself first. So that because he's, you know, he's Danny has proven himself. Right. Benedict is like, OK, now I have a power base. I'm doing really good for myself. Maybe he's like, you know, fuck him. I'm just going to be a crime boss. And then but something is nagging him. He's like, ah, like I got to I got to get that ticket back because if Danny ever finds out about me, like here comes fucking Jack Slater, you know. So right. he goes to he, now it's like a year or two, three years later. Right. Because it's a sequel. Right. You know, the yep. actor's a little bit older. The kid actor's a little bit older. And now Benedict just, you know, surprises him one day with like, you know, his henchmen. And he's like, where's the ticket? Because he doesn't know where it is. It could be in a safe deposit box for all we know. We don't know where Danny's keeping it. Um, But the point is that he tries to get the ticket and Danny does exactly what he was afraid of. So even though Benedict is smart, our heroes still have to be, you know, smarter or at least cleverer. So Mm -hmm. Danny does exactly what he was afraid of. And he jumps into the into like the movie verse to go get Jack Slater. And now Benedict is in the real world going, fuck, like that's exactly what I didn't want to happen. You know, (laughs) right. So now here he is with this like power base, you know, because he was thinking like, oh, I'm going to be a crime boss. But he immediately realizes Jack Slater is just going to fuck all these dudes up, like even in the real world. Like there's no way like that these, you know, gangsters from New York City are going to stand a chance. So he's like, now I need protection. Right. And now we see him go like, who can I get? You know, who's and I don't know that he would repeat the same uh, mission to kill real world Schwarzenegger so much as he would just be Ah. like, okay. I just need to get someone to protect me from Jack Slater. So, okay, only 
Schwarzenegger is going to be good enough. And of all the Schwarzenegger, like he's going to go to the, to the blockbuster video and go down like the action movie aisle and look at all the Schwarzenegger movies. And of all the Schwarzenegger characters, who's the one who is most likely to kick the shit out of Jack Slater? Well, Conan the fucking Destroyer is, is the one. Yep. He's the one he picks. Okay. But now here's the thing. If if uh, Danny is in mm-hmm. the movie verse mm-hmm. um, with the ticket, mm-hmm. how would how would Benedict pull Arnie or pull Conan out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure so, it. Well, Jack Slater has got to come. Right. We got to get Schwarzenegger in the movie. So we can't have too much longer before Schwarzenegger's on screen. We got to get right. him in here somehow. So either we start with some kind of a cold open where we get to see a Jack Slater movie that Danny's watching just to get Schwarzenegger in the movie, or we very, very quickly get, you know, Slater recruited and then Danny brings Slater back to the real world, you know, and, and, and maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe it's as simple as like they get to Benedict. And the first thing Benedict does is like, haha, now I'll get your fucking ticket from you. And I have this blockbuster movie in my pocket, ready to go. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So, oh, Okay, so since it is a comedy, we have to have some comedic moments. So yes, I, I, I like where you're going with this. So, so we have we have Benedict. Like may, maybe it's as simple as like Danny ran home. Like when Benedict, you know, came after when he finds out about Benedict, whatever. He runs home, pops in a copy of Jack Slater Four because by this point it would be on VHS. Yeah. Um, pops it in, jumps through his TV, Bing Bang Boom, he's in there. So Benedict, like. Maybe he's just watching him. He's hanging out in, in Danny's apartment, you know, <laughs> like his mm-hmm. mom's at work. So he's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna hang out here. So then when Jack and Danny, you know, come out, he just something as simple as clonks him on the head with the television. Okay, takes yeah. Takes the ticket and runs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, how funny would that be to be like, okay, you know, we gotta find Benedict and then clonk. Arnie's out cold. Danny's standing there <laughs> stunned, and Benedict's just like, "Give me that!" and runs off. Yeah, exactly. And this is, and we could even we could even play it off to like, Benedict is not an idiot. Maybe this he this was his plan all along. Maybe his plan was like, "I got to get the ticket just in case." No, his plan all along was, "I got to get the ticket." And I got to get Slater just in case. Right? right. So maybe his attempt to grab the ticket was a ploy because he knew Danny would go running right for that v- that VCR. Right. Go get his buddy Slater and then come on back. So Benedict was just like, oh, no, he got away. Oh, shit. You know, and then when Slater, <laughs> yeah. And then when Slater comes back now, he, just like you said, he's ready for it. He's got like the trap sprung already. And so he boom, he gets the ticket. And then, you know, Slater. I don't know what what to do. Is he going to push him back into the movie? Does he just try to kill him immediately? Does he like try to capture him so he can like, you know, do his like supervillain speech, which is his one weakness, <laughs> you know, you know, because right. we have to have some reason for Jack Slater to still be around. Uh, and, you know, when, you know, uh, you know, when he goes to like get Conan or whatever. So we, we got to kind of, uh, we haven't quite pieced these two pieces together just yet. Right. Right. Um, well, I mean, I think it like it is as smart as Benedict is. We still have to maintain that it is a comedy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, while it would the the sensical option would be to be pushing Jack back into the movie, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it would just be kind of funny if like he just attacked like something that would like like I said take him out of commission, knock him out, mm-hmm. or even just as as stupid as like he yoinks the ticket and jumps off the window, like yeah. <laughs> yoink whoop whoop whoop, you know, like yeah. just something stupid. Oh, so it's we do a little bit of both, right? So yeah, he he. He goes to get the ticket from Danny. It's a ploy. He wants Danny to bring in Slater. And his plan is, like, once I have Slater and the ticket, I destroy them both, and then I'm unstoppable, right? But instead, 
Danny and Slayer come through. He grabs the ticket and is like, aha, like my, I'll set my trap in motion. And like, it doesn't work. And now like, you know, Slater is about to get him. So now all the bad guys are there. And then Benedict basically has no choice to be like, you know, the TV, push him through the TV. Danny, not being an idiot, is like, oh, you need the TV, right? Because in the fictional world, you can basically go through any wall. But in the real world, we showed it had to be like the booby screen, right? Yep. So Danny is just like, okay, fuck it. And he smashes the TV. And now the portal's gone, right? So now Benedict ah. is like, so Benedict is like, fuck, I have the ticket, but my trap to capture Slater failed. So just boop, boop, boop out the window and like, I'll be back to fight another day. But his plan is like, he just jumps out the window. And of course, Jack Slater's right after him, like down the fire escape, like jumping on the telephone line, you know, making a zip, you know, line out of like some hanging laundry or something, you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right, of course. So Benedict is just running, running, running. He runs down the street. Maybe he sees like Schwarzenegger's picture in the window of a store because, oh, it's, it's a video store. He runs in and maybe he's just like, Schwarzenegger now. Like, you know, he just yells, <laughs> he yells at the people in the store, just like, play a movie, play a movie now, 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 quick. And then they just, ah, okay, cool. Come in the destroyer. They throw it in. And as soon as the movie comes on, he just, he just jumps into the movie, like, you know, to escape Slater. And also, because he's like, okay, like, whew, I need another Schwarzenegger on my side. <laughs> right, right. Okay, hold on. So, I, I, I love this idea. So he's he takes off running. We got Slater chasing after him, you know, for whatever, like, you know, whatever reason, uh, Benedict is, is much farther ahead of him, you know, like mm-hmm. enough where Slater can't like, you know, like Frisbee a garbage can at him or something to knock him mm-hmm. over. Like he's still far enough. Ahead. I, I would love it if, if we do something like he runs into either like a convention or like a comic <laughs> book shop or something like with movie memorabilia. Right. And have, like, two guys, like, arguing over, like, what the best Arnie movie is. And be like, oh, it's Conan and the Destroyer. No, it's Conan and the Barbarian, stupid. Just arguing back and forth while it's, like, playing on a screen. And you just see Benedict run by and jump in. And have them be like, what the hell? And then here comes Jack Slater. (laughs) Like, holy crap, it's Jack Slater from Last Action Hero. Like, (laughs) have just, like, some crazy meta-leveled shit. And then have, you know, have eventually, you know, uh, I, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how, our, like, Jack wouldn't jump in after him. Yeah, okay, so I like where you're going with this. Okay, yeah, we can mesh the two together, right? Where, like I said, uh, when, after he pulls, you know, Jack through and like, oops, the trap is, you know, just, uh, fucked up. And then Danny smashes the TV, jumps out the window, he just runs. Maybe he's not, he's not running anywhere on purpose. He doesn't, he doesn't run, he doesn't run into the video store and yell, you know, for, for Schwarzenegger. Yeah, to your point, like, he... He, he runs he, even if he just runs into a video store he runs into the video store because he sees you know a poster of you know whatever the newest uh, Schwarzenegger movie that was coming out at the time is like you know in the window right or oh or he, perfect the, so we could have the two clerks arguing over it yeah exactly so he runs he sees oh fucking let's look this up hang on uh, so uh, what's Schwarzenegger in like 1995 or so or 94 maybe like whatever that era Schwarzenegger is hang on let's look, look this up what movie would that be just for uh verisimilitude here so they he runs by the video store and he sees true lies or <laughs> junior <laughs> either way right so yeah so that, that'd be hilarious if you see because uh by then it would be on vhs right so he sees junior with like pregnant uh uh, uh schwarzenegger which would be hilarious too where benedict have him have him run past it and then like and he stops and backs up and he's like, what the fuck? He does that like cockeyed <laughs> look at the pregnant Schwarzenegger poster in the window. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. That's perfect. 
but then he goes in yeah and he, again and and uh he sees that the two guys are arguing hey right and yeah they've got like destroyer and conan or the barbarian on like maybe on like two different tvs and they're arguing like or they're flipping back and forth on like channels on like the tv on the wall in the store like no barbarian's the best no destroyer's the best stop it you know they're yeah. arguing and benedict's just like you know like which one is it you know he just like he snaps at them and the one guy's just like destroyer is the best you know and, it, and then that's <laughs> Right. So Benedict, he jumps through and they're, they're both the clerks are like, whoa, right. Right. When Jack Slater runs through and they're just like, whoa, you know, like total, <laughs> like a Bill and Ted moment right here comes fucking Jack Slater. And then Jack Slater just jumps right through him through the TV screen. And they and they and then we now we now we change like the sort of point of view now is from Jack Slater. And we see him like roll through like a dusty, like desert, like landscape or rocky, you know, landscape. You know, he stands up and brushes himself off and like shields his eyes from the sun. And he's like looking around like Benedict, you know, whatever. And then he just sees this like, you know, party of like armored warriors come, you know, uh, yes. come come riding up. And and in some way they, they have to, you know, they they is it Conan who's like leading them or do they do they just ride up and like, we'll take you back to our king or whatever. You know, because at, at this point, I mean, king Conan has to be like a few years or fuck a decade. Like, he could even be King Conan at this point right. you know, in, in the timeline. Right. Um, if we if we wanted to, right? It could be the timeline of the movie, or it could be like we jump forward a little bit. I think I feel like the King Conan has to be like where Conan ends up later. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 thing here would be we'd have to have because why would why would Conan help Benedict? Like I have yeah. it has to be something like where Benedict would convince Conan that he's that Jack Slater is a wizard, or the reason that because remember he, he mentions in both movies how he hates mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. So it's like if Conan is like, fuck magic. I don't like it. Get your magic away from me. <laughs> you know. So if it's like, oh, this man with your face is really a wizard, he's going to be like, crab, just start chopping shit, you know. So, OK, no, maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe they jump through. <laughs> they jump through the TV into the Destroyer movie right in the middle of a scene. Like, I, I don't know which one, but we pick a scene where preferably one where it's like just Conan. Like, let's not have like Will Chamberlain be there, you know, right. but uh, he, they jump. And, and then Conan is just like, what the hell? And he sees this guy with like uh, maybe like one bright blue eye or whatever, jump through the sky. And he's just immediately like, you know, like more wizards, more magic, you know, and he, right. And, but then here comes Jack Slater jump through the portal too, and then he sees Jack Slater's face, and he's like, you know, like oh, it's like a doppelganger, like a you know, double of me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Benedict just thinks on his feet immediately, and he's like, you know, like I'm not the wizard, you know, he's the wizard. He put a he he's cursed me, and I I wanted to escape his evil magic. Like look, he's he's trying to uh, you know copy your face and like steal your soul or whatever. And then Conan's <laughs> just like crawl, and like you know he go and he picks in that moment to go after Slater. I love it. I think that's so, so, so now we're going to get the Arnie versus Arnie fight. So yeah. a, a lot of like, you know, back facing the screen because, you know, we can't have the two Arnie faces. <laughs> um, so it's like the, the Arnie body double that was used in Terminator. Um, so yeah, we'll have them fighting back and forth. Meanwhile, Benedict jumps back out of the film. Like, so he's like, yoink. <laughs> you know, yeah. so like, Peace. <laughs> So we're going to have to have something like where maybe like Slater and Conan are evenly matched, like especially because it's in a movie as well. So now mm-hmm. Slater can't really be injured because he's yep. a hero. So we have, uh, you know, we have them eventually like wear each other out and hit, and have maybe Slater explain to him like, no, you don't understand. Like, you know, that's the bad guy. We got to get him, you know. Mm-hmm. So Slater tries to jump back out of the movie and maybe he's trapped. 
Yeah. So maybe like the the portal is closed now. So now Conan ha- and Slater have to find a way to get back to Benedict. Now we could do this one of two ways. We could either have Conan take him to the wizard and actually have like the wizard do some kind of magic that like Houdini's people did, you know, to get them <laughs> right. out of universe. Because like, remember, Slater doesn't belong there. So maybe the wizard does something with Slater that allows them to escape, like to jump out of the movie. Um, or we could have something again, like where Danny has to get the ticket back from Benedict and, and Slater has to help Conan face off against some evil horde. I don't know which way we want to go with this. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think it definitely should be that we spend some time with Conan. So yeah, I, I see it that Benedict jumps through the portal. Slater follows him. Benedict thinks on his feet faster than Slater and just immediately convinces Conan that like, you know, he's the wizard, you know, he put a spell on me. You know, like you look at, you know, he's a he's a face stealer or whatever, you know. Right. And then and then in the moment that that Conan decides to to swing his uh, battle at or battle uh, his sorry to swing his broadsword at Jack Slater, Benedict just whoop whoops back through the portal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then he jumps back out in in the video store, and then the two clerks are still there, like whoa, you know, <laughs> with their 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 same crazy reactions, and then. On the TV screen, we see the clerks looking, and there's Conan and like versus Jack Slater, and it's like they just they did that comical thing where they both just like pass out, and they both just eyes roll up and they fall, you know. <laughs> yep. And Benedict just like you know he just takes off out, and once he gets outside, again he's not a stupid villain. He's not going to be greedy. So he, I, I see him looking at the ticket and going like too dangerous or whatever. Like it's a one way ticket, Slater, and he just tears it up. Right, one way ticket. Ooh, ah, okay. That's a perfect pun, right? Yep. So so he tears it up and he just walks off down the sidewalk and maybe Danny is like peeks out from around the corner. Like you saw that happen. He's like, Oh shit. And he runs up and he picks up like the pieces of the ticket. Right. And then we leave them alone for right now. Cause I have no idea what Danny's going to do with those pieces of the ticket, but we had to throw that in there somehow. Right. 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 Um, but now we cut back to the Conan world. We spend some time with Conan and yeah, I, I agree. I think eventually like they have their big fight. They eventually realize, you know, that they're not villains. Slater convinces Conan that, uh, you know, I'm, you know, maybe he, figures out that he's like i'm you from like the future you know and i have to be returned to my own time or something like he manages mm-hmm. to convince him yeah and exactly what you said like did they take him to the wizard whether that's uh akiro or you know some other maybe they have to take him to a more powerful sorcerer we get a little bit of time spent can conan what because what do they do in the conan movies right they they ride off on horseback and go find some wizard <laughs> right. on a mountaintop somewhere right so <laughs> right? who is who is played by danny devito no i'm just joking <laughs> Yeah, some some crazy cameo. Yeah, I think that'd be good, right? Because now Slater's kind of stuck in that world for a little while, and they have to go get this wizard who could, like, you know, tear a portal in, like, the wall of time or, you know, whatever the fuck. And, yeah, uh, yeah eventually Slater gets back into the real world, but when he does – Something has to happen where Conan accidentally gets pushed through too, like with him, whether it's a mistake or he does it on a purpose. I'm not sure how that scene works out, but somehow Conan comes with him. But because it's not like the the Houdini movie magic ticket, it was like a one time thing. And now Conan's like, fuck, now I'm stuck over here, too. You know, but right. and, and however, he Conan would say that, you know, <laughs> <Crop>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, yeah, I, I, I don't want this to happen, like, relatively quickly. Like, we have to have a little bit of time in the Conan world, like, uh, you know, to kind of enjoy that. But, fuck, even in the last action here, they spent, like, an hour in the movie verse before they came back to the real world. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe you have an idea for, like, somehow, you know, Conan, you know, falls through the portal with him. And then 
when they, when but when now when Slater and Conan come out in the real world, like you know maybe Danny's there and he runs up to him like, oh you guys made it back, that's amazing. Like you know look at the ticket, it's all torn up. And he's like, who are you? And he looks up, he's like Conan. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but the only nice. thing that I the only thing that I wanted to do going into this, the only idea that I had was to do a riff on the Conan in New York City comic book storyline that Marvel Comics did back in the, I don't know if it's the late 70s or the early 80s, but Marvel Comics had the had the property rights for Conan comics for years. And Conan was such a popular Marvel comic back in the 70s that they worked him into the mainstream Marvel universe by having him like travel through time. And then he ends up like living in Manhattan and dresses like a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> He totally oh, does. That is ridiculous. Oh man, Pim Danny Conan was amazing. <laughs> um, right down to the fact that uh, Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway, who you know wrote a lot of those comics, they actually wrote the original Conan the Destroyer screenplay. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think it'd be really cool if Danny is like, yeah, we got you know, like we we got to get you some clothes or something. They got to cover up the pecs, you know. Oh, the, oh the, yeah, absolutely. The and I think it would be hilarious if, you know, we have to have at least one scene where Conan comes out of a changing room in some, like, department store, like, all pimped out. Like, you know, these are the, you know, the clothes of the king. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so, all right, I totally got, okay, so, when he, so, uh, the Conan thing, we're going to have, uh, the, the, we'll have the little journey. Maybe they have to, like, go and beat up some kind of creature or something to get some kind of gemstone or something that Akiro needs to open this rift in space time. So we do get a little bit of time in, in the Conan universe. So it just to have Jack Slater in his, like with his fucking hand cannon and Conan with his broadsword, like whooping on some kind of monster or wizard, like that would be hilarious. So we have that scene. Akira rips the, the, the portal open in space time. Jack and Conan fall out into the real world right in front of Danny. You know, we have the whole like Conan moment, you know, uh, he explains to Jack how uh, Benedict ripped up the ticket. Now there's no way to get him back to the movie universe. Um, and they're like, and besides, we got it. We got to hide Conan like now. So we do the whole thing of like, yes, the, the, the dressing, the dressing room montage, like straight up do like the Psycho Gorman thing where it's just like outfit after outfit. And like, no, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. The clothes of a king, that whole joke, yeah. you know, I, I do all that. So we eventually have, you know, Conan, you know, dressed kind of like Slater. Maybe he's got his fucking broadsword and like a duffel bag. Like the blade is like poking up the other side. <laughs> yeah, you know, something stupid. So now they're off to find Benedict. Now, of course, Benedict, by this point, like you said, he has his own little criminal empire going. So we're going to have plenty of henchmen for Slater and Conan to, to mow through. Um, but we got to figure out what the hook is. How can we get, you know, these characters back in their respective film universes? There is something that was mentioned at the end of uh, Last Action Hero where Nick says to Danny, you know, I think the magic was in you all along. So we got this whole thing of like, maybe because Danny had contact with the magic, he can actually mm -hmm. be a conduit. You know, okay, so maybe, yeah. maybe we can do something like that, where the 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 key to the magic was belief in it. And because yeah, Annie exactly. believed so much, you know, like <laughs> like fucking Tinkerbell, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it worked. So I don't know if we want to go that far or if because like Jack and Conan were like thrown through by a different form of magic, if now they can go back and forth at will, if we want to no. 
No, I like the idea of like Conan being like stuck in New York and Slater too. And the, you know, and I like the idea that they're they're actually just like trapped there. And so then we have this like double conflict or even sort of triple conflict of like we have to find Benedict and figure out what he's doing. And, you know, Conan is like stuck here in the real world. We have this whole fish out of water story where, yeah, like, they totally have to go to like the Goodwill or someplace where we can find like some cool like, you know, 70s like bell bottoms and like right. <laughs> leopard print shit, you know. And then um, but then also, of course, you know, they have to get back. They, they both have to get back to their own like respective film you know, universes. So they don't even need just like one portal. You know, they, they technically need two. Yeah. And and of course, Slater wants to take Benedict back with him if possible. Right. So right. There, yeah, there's, so there's a couple of different layers. Here. So yeah, I think this is fun. I think after we we have some fun with like you know Conan in New York and you know this whole fish out of water you know funny, uh, funny thing and you know the, the, we have to have some some stupid scenes where you know he's like trying to eat like you know modern food or something. You know? <laughs> they take him to McDonald's or some shit. You yes, know? <laughs> of course, of course they would. <laughs> Um, like a Taco Bell Pizza Hut, because those were popular <laughs> in the mid '90s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and so like we fast forward a little bit, and like yeah, now we have to decide: do they find Benedict, or does Benedict come out of hiding to find them? You know, and but now he's coming with like his whole criminal underworld army. You know, mm-hmm. or is it, or is it that Benedict is like, I ain't stupid. I'm just going underground. You know, I'm going, going to ground. And right. now, you know, Jack Slater, who's like supposed to be a detective, you know, like, you know, they, right. they figure it out. Like in the first movie when he's like, we just walk around and like, there's clues, you know, just look for clues. Well, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think that they, they should go to Benedict. Like I, I have this whole image in my head of like, the commando scene where he's storming the island, you know, just like shooting everybody. Like we need a scene like that where Benedict like kind of hides out whatever his hideout is, whether it be like an old factory by the docks or something, you know, mm-hmm. the, the normal villain lair. But we need to have Jack and Conan like break in trying to get to Benedict and have them just fight off an endless supply of goons and henchmen because you need that big action set piece, you know, lots of explosions. Uh, we had several of them in the last action hero. So we need we need some crazy shit like that, like, you know, Conan running through people, deflecting bullets with a sword, like just crazy shit, throwing like picking up and fucking flinging like one of those um storage containers that you always see oh, at the yeah. box like just b- going full conan and be like and just <laughs> hawking one at people you know just a big action set piece so but then the, the the question is like what is benedict's like what is his final plan you know like what is he gonna do to like try to like win the day or like did he have a contingency plan set up because he, he's a smart villain we've said this multiple times he's got to have some kind of backup plan uh, yeah, you're right. And I'm honestly, I'm a little bit stumped. So we'll have to kind of talk it out and like figure that out. Cause yeah, I think you're totally right. He's got to have, you know, like a hidden Trump card or something. And so, okay. So, so let's talk it out. Right. So when I was thinking about Benedict setting up himself as like a crime Lord, again, I'm thinking of it more like he's a smart guy and he wasn't super greedy. You know, he was working for these other, other guys, you know, biding his time, setting up his, his reputation before he could start his own empire. He eventually decides, okay, the time has come for me to like, you know, take the top seat. Um, so I, I kind of thought he would just, uh, that he would just 
want to do that. Like, just be a crime boss, have some money, have some power, be able to do whatever he wants, you know. I don't know that he necessarily has some, like, mustache-twisting grand master villain plan. He just wants to be, you know, live the good life, right? Do whatever he wants and not have Jack Slater around to stop him his fun every time he's trying to, to you know, enjoy himself a little bit. So right. I think that it, that's really the the extent of like what he's wants. He just wants to be left the fuck alone, you know. Um, so yeah, again, I'm just kind of thinking out loud, trying to figure out where does this take us. But he definitely decided, okay, I got, I need to eliminate the magic ticket and Jack Slater problem so that they don't come back to bite me in the ass later, and that fails. So. Does he does that mean does he have like a contingency plan specifically for like what if Jack Slater comes back and then there's a trap somewhere that he's hmm. got set up? Or is it just a matter of like, fuck, my plan failed. Now I'm just going to you know go into hiding and wait for it to all blow over. I mean, I don't know that I've said anything new. I'm just trying to like, yeah, trying to say it out loud to kind of figure out where the logic takes us. I, f- I feel like he would have to have had some kind of plan in place. Whether that be some kind of like bomb or something, you know, some nefarious, you know, movie villain thing. Because remember, he is from a movie, so his his uh, his game plan. I mean, he he wore a bomb in his face, so like clearly this guy <laughs> is gonna have those psycho super villain movie villain type of plans. Oh oh, dude, I got it, I got okay. it, I got it, because he's not an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. So he come. So yeah, his his initial trap failed. He got away successfully. Jumping into the movie was like a latch ditch. Like oh shit, I got you know I need a back door. Right. Mm-hmm. Goes in, goes in, tricks coin, gets back out. He didn't plan on doing that. He was just thinking on his feet. But what he did do is when he comes out of the video store, what we're going to find out later on was he was like, you're not so sneaky, little Danny. Like, I saw you there, like, hiding around the corner. Like, like you know, like, I wouldn't have noticed, you know. Or maybe he can say – maybe he can, he can, like, tap his eyeball and be like, this thing isn't just glass. You know, he's got some right. kind of, like, crazy camera or something in it, right? Mm-hmm. So what if the ticket he tore up was a fake? He, he had a fake ah. the whole time. And he and, you know, we can explain. Maybe he says like he had a fake because just in case or maybe like he was planning on switching it out. But either way, he tears up a fake one. What if he just he holds it up? He's like Kinko's a dollar ninety (laughs) nine. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got a stack (laughs) of copies or something. Yeah, you know, and, and, oh. and maybe you know, at some point in his like villain speech, you know, he he just he can just point that out, you know, like he's yeah. like, you know, I I didn't know what I, you know, like he's like, you never know when you need a backup. That's all he has to say, right? You never yeah. know when you need a backup. So he tears up the fake one, he drops it to trick Danny, and so Danny spends all this time with Slater and Conan trying to like tape the ticket back together and make it work, and he's like, oh, you know, what's his name? Uh, you know, the old, the old projectionist guy, I forget his name. Like he said uh, that, yeah, Nick. Nick said the magic was in me, but I, like I just I can't make it work, you know, like. It, it's like a, a, no matter what I try, blah blah blah. And of course, it doesn't. It's never going to work because it was fake the whole time. So Benedict's real trap. What he really did was he purpose. He's going to purposely leave some clues, right? Because he's going to draw Slater and Danny and Conan in, like. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to be. It might just be a, a, it might just be like they overhear, they overheard some criminals somewhere going, oh man, this guy with the crazy bomb for an eye, you know, he's got this, uh, you know, this hideout out on the, out on the docks or whatever, you know, and of right. course, Benedict's going to reveal like, you know, do you think I would just let my, my soldiers flap their lips? Like I planned that, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, so the real secret is when Slater and Conan and Danny show up and they're like, you know, you know, 
this time we want the real ticket, Benedict. He's like, oh, you mean the ticket that I used to meet my good friends Dracula and, <laughs> you know, Hannibal Lecter? And, and this time the shit that he said in the first movie that, that they didn't have the budget for, now we're going to actually get it. And he's actually – out of the shadows comes like, you know, the League of Extraordinary 90s movie supervillains. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yes. we got fucking Gary Oldman as like Dracula, like young, handsome London Dracula. And, you know, we get fucking, uh, uh, yeah, we definitely got to have, uh, like I said, Hannibal Lecter. But who else? Who else gets to be on, on our little like super oh, team? Man, who, See, I, it, I, it has to be it has to be people that Benedict think that are at his level, like his quality, you know, not not just oaths, but like who would his fellow his equals, you know. Sorry, go ahead. Right. I see. I was going in a completely different direction with this, but uh let me see. I'm trying to look up 90s movie villains from like the early 90s. Fuck. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously Dracula, you know, we'd have that. Um, and and uh, see, I don't know, because a lot of the 90s villains are like horror movie, you know, characters. I'm kind of scrolling through real quick just to see like this. This doesn't make for interesting podcasting right here. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. OK, so we have to have uh, or, or, or maybe back it up. Maybe do, do we want him to have his equals or would he instead be like, no, no. I, why would I bring Lecter here to outsmart me? Would instead like let me just go get some muscle to fight Conan? You know, um, yeah, again, we didn't plan this ahead of time. So I'm like, oh, OK, who who, let's, who are some big bad guy characters from like 90s movies that could be like thugs for Benedict, but are like, you know, cool. Like, of course, if he had like Michael Myers or somebody, that'd be badass. But, you know, Myers would never listen to anybody. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> what, what, but but again, like like I know this is like fantasy football here, but we're also like realistically trying to think like would the, would we be able to get certain licenses so like they can talk about it, sure, but like what if we we're able to get like other Arnie properties? So okay. we do something like <laughs> I mean we we could technically have the Terminator show, but we already did that once. Um, but like like something like the Predator or something like that. I'm um, just kind of like throwing ideas out here right now. I do like the idea, though, of of a 90s supervillain league, even <laughs> if it's not like even if it's not the actor that played him. It's just like, you know, Dracula because public domain type of thing. Yeah, just yeah, be like be. maybe like in in an outfit like a, a like a Vlad the Impaler like armor <laughs> with a sword type of thing. Um, so, yeah, let's just say he went through movies and like pulled villains. I, I, I think that's that's probably the best way to to do this. I think you were on to it the first time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it could even be stuff like Ivan Drago and, you know, like Johnny from Karate Kid or whatever. You know, we just I, I don't we, we don't even necessarily need to to pick every character. We don't need to, to cast it necessarily right now. We just know. OK, yeah, he, he goes and he gets some movie villains. Maybe he gets Robert Patrick from T2, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> he was already in the first movie. Why not come back? You know, but yeah, he goes and he gets a couple of guys and he's like, you know, bring it on. Conan. <laughs> right. So yeah, so yeah, so we're gonna have the the oh shit, no, that's too late. Never mind. I was gonna say, oh my god, we should bring in Mr. Freeze, but then I was like, wait, no, that's later in the later in the nineties. Um, oh yeah, okay, wait, shit. When when was Demolition Man? Because I was thinking like fucking uh Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man would be right. really funny too. When did that movie come out? Um but yeah, whatever. We, we, let's not let's not get like held up uh trying to, you know, cat yeah, that was it was the same year. I don't it was know. 93, it might be, yeah. Might be yeah, yeah. That, that, that would be funny. <laughs> that that would be really cool to have Simon Phoenix come in. Yeah. We basically do like the reverse expendables. You know what I mean? Like Right, we, right. Yeah, yeah. Get, get okay, the bad so, guys. So okay, so yeah, so now now we're gonna have our, our final at big action piece. Where we have like, 
you know, Arnie and Arnie fighting against all these other movie villains. And maybe like Danny's trying to get the ticket from Benedict while this whole thing is going on. So like Benedict's like shooting at Danny running around this big warehouse, like hiding behind barrels and shit. And like, you know, trying to get close enough to Benedict to steal the ticket. Um, I feel like at some point during the, uh, during the, the big final battle here, we need to have like a surprise cameo. So whether it be something like the Terminator uh, or the T-1000, like you said, like with Robert Patrick, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that would be a really fun surprise cameo. So yes. to have like them whooping the shit out of all these villains and then just have like the liquid metal like form up behind, you know, Jack Ooh, Slater. Yeah. And just like jump on. Him. <laughs> it's like <laughs> everyone would be like, holy shit, it's the T-1000, you know. Yeah, I, that'd be I awesome. think that would be a really fun reveal because you need at least one big reveal during that scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, of course, you know, they're going to fight their way through all these bad guys. Eventually, Danny's going to get the ticket back, you know, and then maybe like Jack, like, grabs Benedict and like they jump, you know, j- I don't know, maybe because, uh, oh, no, we wouldn't need a movie screen shit. Well, OK, so Benedict's office, maybe that's what he was doing. Like he was pulling all mm-hmm. of these fucking villains out, like using a television and VCR in his office. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, they run back to, to there. They see the television. Danny, like, pops in you know, one of the last action or one of the Jack Slater movies and Slater, like, you know, kind of does the smile and nod and yanks Benedict back into the, into the movie. And then they put in, you know, they're trying to find like the Conan movie to send Conan back. And and eventually we're going to have to have that happen where he sends Conan, Conan back, or maybe Conan doesn't want to, and maybe he wants to stay there and be a King. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I think Conan would want to stay there, but we send him back anyway, like almost like a like an accident, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that would probably be the best thing to do. But yeah, I definitely think Conan would be like, no, like look at you know, you know the the women, the weapons, the money, the clothes, like you know, this is <laughs> everything is so much better. <laughs> right. I'm sick of biting buzzards and punching camels. <laughs> yeah, no, I, McDonald's is wonderful. <laughs> I think we should set up – we need to set up, like, a big climactic, like, return, a big climactic scene where, again, the magic is in Danny. So uh, let's work out the details, but, like, to, to kind of cut to the chase, what I'm saying is we have all these, like, movie characters fighting, like, you know, in, a, in this warehouse. And, you know, Danny is – you know, yeah, he's trying to find Benedict. He he breaks into Benedict's office while he's trying to find him. He, like, sort of, he, sees, he sees, like, maybe, maybe it's even, like, multiple TVs. You know, he sees this whole setup of, like, a pile of movies movies and uh i think multiple tvs is going to ne- be necessary for what i want to do because what i'm thinking is he, he he puts all the movies on and at some point he has to realize wait like the magic was in me all along you know um, right or he finds the ticket and then he is like a like a conduit or he's like a like a what's the word uh, he's going to amplify like the powers of the ticket. Like it's stronger when he's got it. Right. So maybe yeah. what, maybe what Danny realizes is that as much as I love my buddy, Jack Slater, like I can visit him at any time, but like, I need, like all these guys need to get the fuck out of here. So yeah, he finds the ticket and he turns all the TVs on and he sets up his plan. He's like, okay, so my plan is he's going to start opening up portals like one by one by one and like zoop, I'm going to zip you out of here. Mr. Dracula, zoop, I'll zip you out of here. You know, yep. uh, uh, Simon Phoenix or whatever, you know, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> 
you know, of course, you know, Benedict's going to jump out of like a hidden closet or someplace and they have to have like a showdown, you know. So we have, uh, you know, little Danny, but he, he's going to he's the one who's going to show down and, and, and outsmart the smart guy. Right. In, in nice. Benedict. Right. He's going to disarm him in some way um, or he, he he sends Benedict you know, back first. You know, he's like and he's going to sort of outsmart him and like throw him through through the TV screen and then shut the movie off real quick. Um <laughs> but yeah, but it's, at some point, you're like, it's just total fucking chaos. And he's like, oh, I, I, I you know, I, we have some, he has to have some reason where he's like, I can't do this one by one by one. And he, he like holds the ticket up and like, I have the power or whatever. And then we, see, <laughs> we see like lightning shooting everywhere. Lightning shoots all around the room. Like the, there's like, you know, wind blowing out of nowhere, papers for some reason, you know, blowing all over the place. <laughs> of and, and then you see like lightning bolts start shooting out of the TV screens and like zip. There's, you know, there goes, you know, Dracula, uh, T- there goes. yeah, yeah. There goes T1000. There goes predator, whatever, you know, like, you know, they, they all get zip, zip, zip out of the movies until it's, it's just nothing but, you know, but Jack Slater and like, you know, Conan left or, 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 you know, maybe Conan gets zapped too, but he like catches the lightning on his sword. He's like, no, I will not go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we pulled that like he man moment, you know, Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, eventually, of course, you know, you know, Jack Slater's got, you know, like, you know, it's king. You must go and rule your people, you know, like be a man of honor and uh, whatever. You know, Jack Slater gives him some kind of speech and then makes a corny joke. And then Conan flies off and and gets sucked back into the TV. And then it's, now it's just, uh, you know, Jack and, and Danny left to like pick up the pieces. Right. OK, well, what, how about this? How about like. Um, all right. So we have we have that whole thing happen, except. Maybe it's it's Jack and uh, Jack and Conan that go back first. Like so, Danny is left being like, "Oh shit, I got to get all these other villains back." Oh, um, okay, yeah. So so yeah, have the whole like you know he maybe like he turns around, the villains are encroaching on him. Like, oh, we forgot about those guys, you know, like that kind <laughs> of a thing. Because like they got rid of Benedict. Because I like the idea of having Slater like grab Benedict and like you know kind of smile at at Danny and then like mm-hmm. maybe even says something like I'll be back you know and then jumps into the <laughs> yeah, you know perfect. the fucking TV um but then have like you know him, him turn around yeah we'll have like Conan still there they're like okay now we got to send you home and and you know Conan like maybe he says something and Danny turns around like you know maybe he's like by Kram or something you know <laughs> and Danny turns around and we see all the villains like you know a little worse for wear but they're coming at him you know, like coming toward the the room and Danny freaks out, you know, does the whole like holds up the ticket and like almost like a defense mechanism and mm-hmm. then like have like lightning shoot out of the ticket and like grab all the respective villains and start like throw like throwing them into the televisions. Like, you know, they're just one by one. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, getting thrown around and then maybe Conan start, you know, he gets thrown. Like you said, he gets thrown into the TV and he's just like, I don't want to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> have him like get yanked in anyway. And then, you know. Have the, the the lightning storm stop and all the pa- the random papers just fall from the ceiling, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's a '90s movie. Exactly, uh, and then all the police bust in the door. <laughs> of course, they got to show up afterward. Yeah, like now what is all this? Yeah, exactly. They all, they, all, they all just bust in, like, you know, guns up, or all pointing at Danny, and then you just see, like, this little, like, you know, this, like, what, like, 13 or 14-year-old kid standing in the middle of, like, a just completely destroyed room, you know. And, With, like, you know, dead henchmen everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, oh, and, and having me, like, you know, like, would you believe I saw it in a movie? <laughs> or some, you know, <laughs> some corny line of dialogue, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know, and then we do the thing where we you know we cut back into like we see like yeah the the police captain from the Jack Slater movie just yelling Slater you know whatever and yep. then yeah we, we see Jack Slater just like you know triumphantly like 
bash the doors of the police uh, station open and here he comes in with Benedict all in cuffs, you know, yes. like, oh, they, we finally got our man and they lock him up, uh, you know, and then, and then of course Danny's there because, you know, it's easy for him to travel into the movie and, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, you know they have they have their little like heart to heart and getaway, and of course later is like you know make sure you put all those guys all those guys back, you know, right? And, uh, which you know obviously has has happened at this point, but yeah, you know just we have a have a little wrap up like in the Dax Slater movie, and then you know Danny gets to go back to his like you know boring life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what if okay now this is just just hear me out here. This is just a big what if. Yeah. So what if we we do all that right? And but before Danny goes back, Jack is like, I want you to meet my new partner. And we see Conan. He got thrown <laughs> into the Jack Slater movie yes. instead of the Conan movie. And he's just got like a big old stogie in his mouth. And like friggin' ponytail and a broadsword over his shoulder. <laughs> like total 90s era superhero look. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that, that'd be it works so perfectly, too, for the Jack Slater universe, because we already had all the weird mishmashes of genres and stuff. Yeah, that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> or or better yet, or better yet, if Jack Slater is there. Right. And then or maybe it's not Slater that says it, but it's like the guy at the desk who was like calling out like the Dell. You're partnered up with this. You know, you're partnered up with the cartoon cat and you're partnered up yep. with, you know, Humphrey Bugger. And he's like, you know, and he just yells out, you know, like, uh, you know. Uh, Jack Slater, Jack Slater, maybe Jack Slater walks up and he's like, uh, check out my new partner. And then, yeah, and then the guy yells for him. He just yells like, you know, king or whatever, destroyer yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that with the point, the ponytail and like the sleeves ripped off of his like uniform, you know, <laughs> it's like a, a broadsword and a sheath on his back and, you know, <laughs> like two handguns hanging off his side. <laughs> Total like 90s era comic book hero. Oh, do we got to do? I I don't know what it would be. We got we got to do a print. Maybe that's the, that's what the guy at the, at the desk, like the duty officer, he calls out, like you know, Conan, what is best in life? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be some kind of cheesy shit, like a callback to earlier in the movie too. Like yeah. not the the enemies driven before you and hear the lamentations of their women. None, yeah. None, maybe he's just like <laughs> like a Big Mac, you know, yeah. curly fries. And a big screen TV, you know, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That'd be so, that would be so good. Oh man, that'd be awesome. And then, and then maybe the final scene is we see like, you know, Benedict is in like the, the jail cell, like, you know, and, he, and we just, we kind of zoom in on like close on on his face and he's sitting there, he's like staring directly at the camera. Cause of course he, he understands that, you know, where the fourth wall is. And, uh, and, you know, he's just sort of like calmly and maybe a little bit of a smirk on his face. And we zoom in, we zoom in, we zoom in. And for reasons that I we need, need to now go back and like figure out a way that they fit. But we zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. And we see in his glass eye, instead of like, like a bull's eye or a smiley face or whatever, he has like a ripped corner of the ticket stuck in his eye. Oh, OK, perfect. <laughs> Just for a little stinger and then like, you know, cut to black and then play rock music, you know, play ACDC. <laughs> and of course, like, yeah, because in the pupil of the eye, like it'll be the the like the little like almost like a triangle of the ticket. Yeah. yeah and it'll be exactly. in the pupil of the eye. And like he'll grin at the screen and we'll see that like blue electricity around it, yeah. like kind of zapping and then a cut to black rock music credits. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> Yes, I would watch the fuck out of that. Yeah, um, for sure. You like, know, so this, this this was a sloppy one, but we got there. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think because this is the first time, like, if, for the for the listeners, this this is the first time that we've had to reschedule multiple times because of random things going on in our personal lives, like extra work, my computer dying, just shit being. It's been a very busy two weeks, so. Mm -hmm. 
it's like as much as we both wanted to do this recording, we were very distracted leading up to sitting down to record this. So it's it's a little less prepared than normal. Like normally, at least we like watch the movies, take notes on each movie, kind of think about like, OK, where are we go? Where, where, where is it? Where's a jumping on point? Like, what's that seed? And we usually both bring a seed to the table. Mm-hmm. And I, I know this time we were both kind of just like, um, I, I got this little thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, it was almost like it was too big. Like the, the the magic of the ticket makes it too easy. It was like, yeah, you just go get Conan done. Like, okay, right. like it's a five minute episode, but it's like, no, we have to figure out some way for it to make sense because, yeah, I mean, technically we did we did decide to bring in some like random villains from random movies, but again, it's too many options. There's too many yeah. opportunities to just oh grab this and grab this and grab this and grab this and and then it's just like over the top. So there had to be some way where we could place a limitation on just Conan at least for a while, and then you know slow things down. And I think that the combination of Benedict just not being a dumbass movie villain combined with some of the like his plan not quite going you know to uh, the way he wanted to, like those were enough of a limitation for us to, you know, do we wanted to do. Cause you know, I don't, this could theoretically have been like the, the whole Arniverse in this one movie, the magic ticket you know, that Danny has is the key to everything. We bring every, every Schwarzenegger into one movie and then our whole series is over with right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, finding a way to like cap that, that was the challenge. And I think as soon as we figured out how to do that, where it's like, how is it just Conan? You know, then yeah. it made more sense. Well, and I think the 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 ticket being a magical item in the Arnie verse, like I think that could come back in in a future episode. Um, like, I, quite honestly, I was trying to figure out the entire time how to work in Hercules in New York. Like the <laughs> whole time we were talking, like, where can we put Hercules in New York? But well, shit, we we can we can I mean we can even even if it was just a cameo, like you know, while they got Conan in New York, you could literally just have like uh, Schwarzenegger as Hercules, like walk around in the background, you know. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's there's a way to make that work too. I think. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's better to just kind of keep it simple. But we can also come back to it later. Like if we're going to keep expanding the Arniverse, eventually we'll get to Hercules in New York. And yeah, we could we could at some point we might just have to get to a point where it's like, OK, now it's going to be like an army, an army of Arnies versus whatever our villain you know, of the whole mastermind series is like, who's our Thanos? Right. Right. And then at that point, we just grab whoever's left. You know, what what Arnies have we not? gotten yet and we yeah. go get we go get those guys because like i don't know about you i don't know if i want to do like end of days arnie like as his own episode but we can maybe just grab him as a leftover you know yeah. uh there's definitely a couple other roles that he's been in where it's like yeah whatever um so yeah i think at some point we just go pick up the scraps you know i feel like um i feel like benedict is our loki in the mm-hmm. arnie verse you okay. know so yeah we do need like we do need a thanos type you know, like a big, big bad for the Arnie verse. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's Skynet because arguably one of Arnie's biggest, you know, franchises ever was fucking Terminator series. Yeah. Um. So and that is how we we tied, you know, we did the first Arnie verse thing was because of Terminator and, and, and uh, John Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe, yeah, maybe like it all culminates with Skynet, like Skynet's the. You know, maybe maybe we can find some way to involving Benedict uh, because like so now we know all this shit is fictional. We know all these films Mm -hmm. take place in a fictional universe. So maybe Benedict is like the linchpin there where he realizes like, you know, 
what can be done using this magic ticket that's now in his eye. So maybe he's the one that like gets the people working on Skynet to use the twins project to base their, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we could have yeah. some kind of architect. Maybe he is Thanos. I don't know. But, yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely something to think, something to think about too. I think it'd be interesting too. Like he has this little scrap of the ticket, but it's weak. You know, he can't just go movie hopping whenever he wants. But I think it's just enough to get him out of there. Just like with Loki, it's like he just shows up in the next movie. I was like, wait, weren't you like captured at the end of the last one? You know, right. but whatever. Yeah, I think that that's that's a really perfect uh, analogy. You know, to to compare him uh, to Loki. Yeah, and I think that's he's going to be the precursor to somebody else. And I think Skynet could be that, but. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I, I We need to anthropomorphize Skynet in some way, you know, make it like a, some kind of a lawnmower man kind of a character or, oh, you know, something like that. Right. So so there's something that we can really see like a we need to fight, you know, not just yeah. uh, unplug the computer, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we kind of get that a little bit in the later Arnie and the later Terminator movies uh, like Terminator Genesis does that a little bit um, plays around with that concept of personifying Skynet. Okay, so. that's cool. That's definitely cool. Um, okay, so yeah, we're running a little bit long here. I think we did good. I think the one thing we forgot to do or didn't really touch on was how do we tie the movie within the movie? How do we tie it into the overall universe? Because, you know, it, in our like we had stingers before where it was like, you know, at, before or after the credits, you have like, you know, oh, let me let me introduce you to somebody, you know, and we get, you know, Dutch and Matrix, you know, to meet each other. Uh, so I think we maybe we do like a like a stinger at the end of the credits where, you know, maybe within the the, the Jack Slater movie, we 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 cut to like, you know, Jack Slater five, like coming this summer. And like the, the, and there's a we, we start watching the trailer for it. And then like within the trailer, maybe Slater like barges into the police station and, you know, the captain is there like Slater, there's some feds here to see you, you know, or <laughs> right. And then, and then, you know, and then, you know, like you see, uh, you know, uh, Dutch walk out of like, uh, you know, the back room with a suit on is like, sit down. We need to talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just something quick and easy like that. You know, just throw it in there uh, right. because, you know, the, the, the character here obviously is Jack Slater, who is fictional within our fictional world. But we have to get we have to tie it in somehow. And, of course, leave people wondering, like, wait a minute, how did Dutch get in the movie? You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Or, or, okay, wait, wait, wait. Or we do something like we see, we see the trailer for Jack Slater five playing mm-hmm. and then we pan out and we see like, it's on like this big, like we see like a big wall of screens. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's weird, crazy, like techno looking lab. And then we okay. see scientists at work on like, and we just see the, we see the, the endoskeleton arm. Oh, nice. It's like, so it's like, that's, that something like Skynet is aware of Jack Slater. Yeah, that's, oh, that's really good. Oh, I like that. Right. And maybe whether we, we can either do it here or maybe just at some point later on, like some point later on, we need to, we need to reveal that like Danny grows up and to join the like army, the army, like army, like he's one of like the support crew, you know, it's like Danny and his magic ticket, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you can have, you know, Sarah Connor or John Connor or whoever else, you know, in uh, Matrix 6's daughter, you know, all yep. these uh, all these other sort of peripheral characters that are like part of the crew. Well, yeah, obviously, Danny's going to come along, too, you know, yeah, and uh, hell, maybe they, they they weaponize the ticket some way. They put it on like a like a fucking blaster on his arm or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he's just blasting fools back to the movie verse. Yeah, uh, they're, they're the they're the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the Avengers. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. 
Yes, exactly. The, <laughs> the agents of Arnie. <laughs> That's good. Oh, That's good. God, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Like I said, we're in a little bit long, so I, I think this is good. Yeah, we got there. There was a little sloppy. It was a little meandering, just like uh, Conan the Barbarian. But uh, yep. we, we got there. I think we nailed it. We figured it out. And, uh, okay, so, so I'll just go ahead and say, hey, look, anyone out there who has any more ideas – for Arnieverse crossovers or something that you think would be fun to see, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, kindergarten cop meets true lies or something like that. Let us know what you think, right? Give us some feedback, drop us a line anywhere on the socials at raised by rentals or at raised by rentals.com. Also, while you're there, check out, uh, red Pantheon, RedPantheon.com as well. And red Pantheon on all the socials, which is a super team up of podcasters, artists, musicians, you name it, all kinds of creative types in a collective supporting each other just to help spread the word about rad stuff. So if you like this show, there's a really good chance you'll like one of the other projects in the red Pantheon and, uh, uh, one of those that I'm involved in is Comics Boost on Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to come check out some crowdfund campaigns for comic book projects, just spell comics with an X, Comics Boost on Instagram and Twitter. Come visit me. What about you, Mike? Uh, we have the Boogeyman's Closet, which is my other podcast. Um, we uh, do horror movie reviews every week. We are currently on hiatus just because my computer was down. So by the time you hear this, we'll be playing catch up. So there'll be plenty to listen to. Also, Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. It's a toy podcast I'm a part of where we talk about uh, where basically three grown man children bitch about toys and pop culture. So a lot of fun. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, once again, thanks, everyone, for joining us on this uh, crazy rambling, uh, ambling ride through the Arnold Schwarzenegger filmography. I'm not sure where we're going next, but it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, once again, you'll leave us a rating, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. <laughs> Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Wait, where are you going? I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say. <laughs>